For aviation geeks like me, the Wings Over the Rockies Museum is a little slice of heaven. But like most great cultural attractions, there's way more to the organization than meets the eye. President and CEO John Barry will explain how Wings Over the Rockies is not only a guardian of aviation history, but a national trendsetter for the future of aviation through education on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and it is an honor to have a conversation with Wings Over the Rockies Air and Space Museum President and CEO, retired U.S. Air Force Major General John Barry. Prior to his role with Wings Over the Rockies, General Barry served as president and CEO of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Metro Denver from 2014 to 2016. He also served as superintendent of Aurora Public Schools for seven years from 2006 to 2013, which included being named superintendent of the year in 2011 by the Colorado Association of School Executives, as well as being recognized as one of the top 10 tech-savvy superintendents in the nation by eSchools News and also Business Person of the Year by the Aurora Chamber of Commerce. Awesome. General Barry is a 1973 honors graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy and served in the U.S. Air Force for more than 30 years as a combat veteran, fighter pilot USAF Top Gun graduate, awesome, military assistant to the Secretary of Defense, and commander of multiple air squadrons, air groups, and twice was an air wing commander. After receiving his master's degree in public administration, he was a White House fellow in 1986 and 87, and he is a survivor of the 9-11 attacks on the Pentagon. Wow. Retired in 2004 as a two-star major general, he has served on numerous boards and organizations nationally and in the Denver metro area, including Colorado Cooperation, School Leaders for America, Public Education and Business Coalition, the Rose Foundation, Education Committee, Big Brothers and Big Sisters, and Junior Achievement. He's currently serving on the Colorado Forum, a member of Council on Foreign Relations, is board VP for the Air Force Historical Foundation, and a board member of the National Aviation Hall of Fame. General Barry, welcome. Well, Jay, thank you for that uh, kind introduction. <laughs> for somebody who doesn't know anything about Wings Over the Rockies Air and Space, how would you describe the organization? Well, in, in just a short statement, I'd say we're unique to the nation, and that's a powerful statement to say, especially with all the amazing things that are going on in mm-hmm. our country today. Right. But let's begin with uh, the history. Lowry Air Force Base, which is what we're on the grounds right. of, uh, was started in 1937, closed in 1994. They had a flying operation up until 19, uh, I said 1994 yep. is when it closed, but they had a flying operation until 1964. Uh well, when it closed, there was these two huge hangars, and the um, the Air Force gave that to the community as well as the ability to build this wonderful right. community that's built around the old Air Force Base. So we have uh, 280,000 square foot hangars. We sold one to be able to use the money to make the uh, museum what it is today, mm-hmm. and uh, we're very proud of that, and I think it represents a really good legacy for the United States Air Force, especially when we're getting right. ready to celebrate the 75th anniversary wow. this September 17th right. and 18th. Uh, for the United States Air Force when it was That's made a right. separate service in 1947. In addition to that, I'll just mention real quickly that uh, we had always wanted a second site, and we have one now at Centennial Airport. As of uh, 2018, we built the first building. Uh, that's called the Blue Sky 
gallery for aviation and we built a school uh, this is a middle school charter aviation and aerospace focused for project-based learning which wow. is a unique way to learn yep. and also uh, we're ready and have designed the black sky gallery for space but still have to raise the funds to make it so that's kind of the short story of where right. we're at and right. that does make us pretty unique to the nation no kidding and you know, Colorado native, been here a long time. You've probably been here a long time, but when they redeveloped Lowry, this really became almost a national model for what you could do for some of these bases. It, it was, yeah, you were exactly right. I, uh, when I was working for Secretary Cheney uh, and when he was Secretary of Defense, Dick Cheney, uh, that discussion was mentioned a number of times because we closed a lot of bases, right. air, air bases, army bases, naval right. bases, things like that after the Cold War. Yep. And not all of the communities took great advantage of that gift that was given when the cl they closed right. the base. But it was always pointed out that the Lowry community and the great job they did, uh, it was the premier example of how a community took what was given to them right. and made it an excellent project. And they've done outstanding work with the housings and the food and the, all the restaurants and all yep. the capabilities there. So it really was well done. Yeah. Well, for an aviation geek like me, you come out here to Lowry to the, the Wings Museum and it's it's unbelievable. You got F-14, you're greeted by a B-52, there's a B-1 in here. This, I mean, the, the aircraft here is remarkable, but the organization... It, like a lot of great organizations, there's always way more than meets the eye. Talk to us a little bit about all the stuff you guys do just outside of running an, an awesome attraction. Again, things that make us uh, pretty unique. Now, we have what the traditional museums have. Right. You know, we have a lot of aircraft and a lot mm -hmm. of history and the legacy of, of what aviation here, both Navy and Army and Air Force and uh, Marine Corps history is, uh, you know, also represented here yep. uh, to some extent. But uh, what we try to do is fulfill our mission, and our mission is to educate and inspire people of all ages about, and, ex and excite them about all ages, past, present, and future about aviation and space. And that's uh, really what those two sites allow us to do. This here today, we're at the museum at Lowry, and it really captures that legacy yep. very well. The second site is more about the present and the future mm -hmm. and uh, what we're trying to do. So um, what we do here, let's just talk about education, for instance. Right. We provide students uh, what we call Wings Aerospace Pathway. Now, it's not a school. Think of it as an after-school program. However, we have kids here from middle school all day on Tuesday and all day on Wednesday. Now, how can, how can kids come to us all day? Right. Well, they're homeschooled. They're online kids even before COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, they're kids from charter schools that allow them to come here. And even mm -hmm. some traditional schools where students are not doing very well in a right. traditional setting, they come and do something that they choose that they're excited about, and it's mm -hmm. all about aerospace. They build drones, fly drones, compete drones, they do drone soccer. It's an international sport, by the way, <laughs> wow. now. Yeah, it's crazy. When dudes <laughs> like cribbage with you know, drones being uh, trying to get through hoops wow. and defenders. And right. It's very exciting and uh, and they get to uh, do coding and they help build an RV-12 an aircraft that I flew uh, for test after three and a half years of students wow. building it 80% of that airplane was built by students and I got the privilege of flying it for a test 
purposes of getting it done. It's now certified. Wow. And we're getting ready to auction it off and uh, use that money to buy another one. And we've already got the second uh, kit already ordered. It took us three and a half years to build That's it. Fantastic. But good. But those are the kinds of exciting things that we do here right. at Wings Aerospace Pathway. Now, the school out at Centennial uh, on the campus, what we call Exploration of Flight, mm-hmm. one organization, Wings of the Rockies, right. Air and Space Museum is Lowry. Exploration of flight is this 15 acres out of Centennial Airport. Right. We have the blue sky. We have the school. But the school is unique in that it does what we call project-based learning. Now, when you and I went to school, when I was superintendent, I had some schools that did project-based learning, but right. none of them did it for the entire year. Mm-hmm. This school, Colorado Skies Academy, does that. And what that means is the kids do a project. When we went to school, we learned math and took a science course. It had nothing to do with the math course. It had nothing right. to do with the history course. It had nothing to do with the geography course. They were all inter- They were all separate disciplines, not connected. Right. Here, they do it by project. Let me give you an example. Uh, we had a... Um, a quarter that the eighth grade class chose to do on a moon habitat. Now, where's the science? Well, you're on zero gravity and you're in a vacuum. You've got plenty of science there. Where's the math? Well, I had to build a geometrically uh, accessible building to live in that could withstand wow. meteor strikes because, oh. you know, little mighty meteor right. strikes are still sitting in the moon. They don't have an atmosphere that <laughs> burns up. And, you know, where's the geography? Well, there's tectonics on the moon just like there is on the planet sure. Earth. You know, and then uh, where's the history? you got NACA and NASA. So all of the state-required disciplines mm-hmm. are briefed and allowed the kids. But what's unique about it, the kids have to do it as a project. And you have to collaborate, cooperate, and communicate. We all remember the bright kid who got straight right. A's but no social skills. Right. Well, those kids have to work <laughs> together. And they have to outbreed the project to their parents and people like me and other industry people yeah. that they invite in to come in. Very exciting, interesting way to operate. So that education, both with the school right. and what we do with Wings Aerospace Pathway, is pretty unique to the nation. No kidding. And from your, your background as superintendent, probably made you uniquely qualified with your aviation background to, to jump in with the school. what Was the school underway when you came on board or was that one of your initiatives? And pardon my ignorance well, on that. Yeah, that's one of our initiatives. You know, okay. the board awesome. you know, was all part of it. But, you know, it was one of the things we started after I became a, a CEO of Wings of the Rockies. But it's, it's really bringing the point that uh, the museums are not just a dusty place where you come and see artifacts right. that just don't do it. But right. we also fly airplanes down at um, Blue Sky. Now, let me give you another exciting thing that we're doing. When I was superintendent, we started Pathways. And it really was one of the unique places in the nation to do this. We had health sciences and business and arts and communication and STEM. Uh, well, obviously, our school, our focus is STEM. So mm-hmm. STEAM, sometimes people say, right. including the letter A, a in there for right, art. Yep. Um but uh, bottom line is we have provided and developed pathways for kids to be able to take advantage of what the art of the possible is. Let me give you an example. You want to be a pilot, great need for pilots. If you're just gonna a young person, yep. there's going to be plenty of opportunities. People yep. are going to be banging on your door and no not doubt. you're having a bag on there. Well, we, we fly young eagles. It's for free. We fly kids from 8 years old to 17. Now, wow. you get a flight for free. For free. And we do it every third Saturday uh, here as part of a program that's Experimental Aircraft Association uh, that's based in Oshkosh. I just was mm-hmm. at Oshkosh last week where 12,000 airplanes, 650,000 yeah. people on one airfield. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. Nobody's on there. So now they take the Young Eagle flight. Then they get a free online ground school. It's worth $275 no doubt. for free. Wow. All right. They take the course. They t- finish the course and they're 15. They can take the uh, the FA written. FA written is not cheap, $175. No. Right. 
Now you take the course, you've got the test passed, you send that submission into the company called Sporties, we have a partner with you, you get your $175 back and you get $130 now for your first lesson. Wow. Okay, so that gets you started. But even then, it's, you know, the kids would get through there and okay, now when do I start really learning how to fly? Right. We now have a wonderful relationship with Ray Foundation. We get $250,000 a year for flight scholarships. So, so we is. give 20 to 25, $10,000 scholarships or six for powered wow. airplanes and 6,000 for gliders for students to be able to get flight lessons anywhere in Colorado. Any child in Colorado is eligible to get this wow. scholarship. It could be in Alamosa or Pueblo or up in Greeley or wherever the case may wow. be. So right now we have 105 kids that we've given scholarships over the last four years. That's Salute. over a million dollars no that we've given away. But a great partnership with the Ray Foundation. So that's just one pathway. No now kidding. we have a pathway for aircraft mechanics because I just told you about oh the airplane gosh. we built. We have a pathway for teacher in flight where we're doing professional development to help them become you know, advanced ground instructors. You don't mm-hmm. have to be a pilot to be an advanced ground instructor uh, for uh, ground school. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we also provide them an opportunity to get their Part 107 license for flying drones wow. as a teacher. And then you can get kids who can get theirs by the time they're 16. Wow. Okay, that was cool. Yeah. And then we're also going to build a, a pathway for air traffic control. So we're building these pathways so we have more than one choice to be able to find something that you're interested in to go find. That, again, makes us unique to the nation. Well, and I would think with my limited knowledge and, and limited background, the need for pilots and mechanics and ATC guys, I would think that the industry as a whole is keeping a very close eye on what you're doing. Well, we have some great partnerships. United Airlines is a great partner of yep. ours for you know the pilots. Uh, Spartan College is a great partner to yeah. get aircraft maintenance right. licenses. We call it AMP licenses. Right. You know we're we've got a lot of partnerships for drones because it's such an up and coming wave. You know for drone soccer, it's yep. like I said, an international sport now. Right. Really started in South Korea and now is blossoming all the way around the country here in the United States. And then you know when you talk about the opportunities for being air traffic control or even an engineer aircraft engineer, yep. uh, those kinds of opportunities where we're trying to make sure that students know what the art of the possible is. Students don't know what they don't know. Right. And, but as soon as you excite them, something they choose, mm-hmm. because choice is ownership, ownership is motivation, motivation success. So you expose a child to something that they may or may not be interested right. in. But if they are interested and they take off, we want to provide them with the tools to be able to reach their dreams. Which is great because you're meeting them where they are. That's right. Right. So that's that's fantastic. So this is, it's an interesting, I always, going back to one of my favorite lines, that nonprofit is just the tax code. You're, mm-hmm. you're looking at really a multi, I, I don't think silo is the right word, but multi-business unit corporation that you're running here with Wings Over the Rockies. Well, you know, no one can do anything alone anymore. And right. you have to be able to interrelate and cooperate and collaborate with all sorts of things. So, for instance, we want to and have been and will continue to uh, cooperate and collaborate with different companies. Now, there's about 100 different companies that are either on the airport at Centennial yep. uh, or just outside of it. So we walk up to companies and we say, we have these kids. Uh, they're interested. They're they're learning how to fly. They're engineers. They're learning to fly drones. They're mm-hmm. you know, doing all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. How would you like to be able to offer them an opportunity to work right. you know, with you? Right. Well, we give them a menu of choices. Collaborate either internships, externships, job shadowing, mentoring, Saturday programs, summer programs, or even jobs if the yeah. students are old enough. That gives a company say, well, I don't want to do internship, but I'll do job shadowing. Or, right. you know, I can't do something now. Right. I can do something in the summer. Right. So we 
are flexible with the companies to allow them to participate with our students. And again, it's hands-on kind of education with right. the students, or living, breathing, walking in an environment, volunteering, or old enough, maybe they can get paid uh, to be able to experience something that they may or may not really figure out that that's their passion. Yeah. You know, I always tell a story that, you know, it's important for kids to know what they don't want to do as much right. as what they do want to do. <laughs> that's a and, great line. Yeah. And for instance, I remember one time when I was superintendent, we sent a group out to, um, uh, it was Salt Lake City, mm -hmm. and they were doing pathways in their high school, similar to what we were doing in Aurora at the right. time. And we were introduced to this young man, and uh, the young man had done a different pathway every year in high school. And he's graduating in four months. So what's the normal question right. you're going to ask? Are you going to college? Right. Yeah. yeah. Which, okay, what, which one are you going to pick? Which right. one do you like? To, and he goes, none. I'm not <laughs> going to do either one. And we said, well, we were told that you really enjoyed all this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was so excited about every one of them. It was just amazing. Okay, so what are you going to focus on? And he says, I'm going to be a minister. Now, I, I tell that not because of the religious connotations, right. but because this child experienced what he looked at. He got excited about all of them, but then found his real path and what he wanted to do. So, again, I, go, I tell parents yeah. it's important for children to know what they don't want right. to do as much as what they do want to do. And right. What better way to do that? Then expose them to these different pathways. Yeah, so it's got to be a, an interesting position that you're in where you're overseeing this educational component, which is super similar to what a lot of the things you do to superintendent, but then you also have kind of this public-facing role of running a great, great attractions. Right. So, so how do you balance that? Well, it's, it's really bringing best back to that mission, educate, inspire, and excite yeah. you know, people. Now, people come into the museum or even go down to you know, our centennial mm -hmm. site at Exploration of Flight, and uh, they walk in and they're curious. You know, that's right. that kind of people. And then there's people who says, I'm curious, but I'm really interested in aviation or aerospace or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then you've got them. Then there's people come in. If we lock the doors, they'd be bound, pounding <laughs> on them to climb in because they're that you know, enthusiastic right. about aerospace. And then you got old guys like me, you know, who want to bring their grandchildren by and tell them stories and, yeah. you know, bring a little bit of the history back. So mm -hmm. there's different kinds of people that are coming in every day, but we want to be able to be accommodating, to be welcoming. Right. And that, that includes diversity. I mean, it's important that we have everybody comes here, whether they come from another country, another state, another city, whether they're socioeconomic challenged or they're well off, you know, whatever the case may be, they want to come here and we want them to feel welcome. Mm -hmm. And it also, to me, you know, you have to have that customer service, customer experience element, too. You've got a, a great gift shop and you've got to have people that are welcoming and accommodating. So it's it's very much, you know, almost a retail type operation, which, again, you know, you think about a nonprofit and, and that doesn't come to mind. But but that it probably is not a huge portion of your revenue. But what the museum generates is important to to your bottom line. You have to be able to welcome people and make them feel great. And, and yeah, exactly right. I mean, uh, you know, a nonprofit is you got to raise money. Yeah. You know? And of course, uh, we got hit pretty hard in COVID. Yep. Um, like most of the museums uh, here in Colorado, we were closed for about three months, and mm. we were one of the first to open that were allowed to open and come back to it. So, 2019 was our best year. We were recognized yeah. by CNN Travel as the top 20 here. Asian museums in the world. Salute. And then we were recognized uh, also as a top 10 aviation uh, museum 
in the country of the United States. Wow. So we're very proud of that. We're on a really high roll think in COVID hit. Think of that company that you're in there. Yeah, that's... Smithsonian. So, and, and, I oh, mean, yeah. that's... Well, you know, and for the that's standpoint... That's high altitude. Uh, yeah, it's high altitude, and <laughs> we're deeply appreciative. We've got a great team, and, you know, it's been a lot of changes that have gone on with COVID. I mean, we went from the best year in 2019 to 40% in God. 2020. And then we came back a little bit with a lot of federal help, uh, thank goodness, from a lot of good donors and supporters uh, mm-hmm. who wanted to stay with us. And we were about 80% in 2021. So 2022 is still, you know, we're, we're, we're crawling back up there yeah. to where we were before. Uh, but donations and members, and certainly from the standpoint of having people sponsorships for our events, like we're getting ready to celebrate the 75th anniversary here, September 17th of the United States Air Force. As I mentioned, yeah, the United States Air Force separated from the Army in 1947, and that's when we became our own service. So that's 75 years ago. Well, you know, I've been flying for 50. You know, it's wow. hard to believe, you know, graduated <laughs> in 73. So we're coming up on our 50th anniversary from the Air Force Academy. So it's a big part of my life, obviously. Yeah. But but it's a wonderful time for the country to celebrate yes. the most powerful, and this is not a bragging, the most powerful Air Force that this world has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Okay, and still maintains that credibility. Yeah. So going back to your days at the Academy, I mean, I'm going to guess that a lot of this started here, but you've led a lot of leadership roles since your academy days up through uh, the, all your roles in the Air Force, wing commander, squadron commander, working with the Secretary of Defense. Then you're the you're with um, SAP and and Aurora Public Schools as superintendent. Now you're in this position. What are some of the leadership principles that have really been bedrock for you that you've always been able to lean on as a leader for 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 a, a while, a few days now. Well, a, <laughs> what you just described is you know me being old. Yeah, <laughs> I cast no but stones. Good, but it's um, one of those things where uh, you know the Air, Air Force Academy was a, a wonderful melting pot to be able to learn and and grow in your understanding and the challenges of honor, integrity, and discipline, and mm-hmm. be able to maintain those those principles and then carry that few as you grew, grew along and got a lot of leadership opportunities right. and uh, going forward. But one of those things is you, you've got to lead by, you know, getting people excited about what they're doing, not by dictate. And even people think you're in the military, well, you just give an order and everybody follows. I can tell you there's plenty of staff meetings where I was in charge of, and I told that guy to turn right when he went out the door, and the door closed, he turned left. So it's not not one of those things where people say, well, you know, just because you're in the military, you can tell people what to do. No, you got to lead by example. You got to lead by, you know, excitement and and encouragement and have a plan. You know, strategic planning's, uh, well, it's kind of a, old thing now, but uh, everybody wants to know what the big picture is, okay? Even from the youngest person in the organization, if you can get them to understand what that big picture is, they can fill in from the bottom on what you're trying to build, not dictate from the top down. You know, I remember one time I, uh, when I was the wing commander at Luke Air Force Base, it was nine fighter squadrons, largest fighter wing in the world, and, uh, you know, really the sixth largest air force in the world, you know, on base in a lot of ways. And uh, I had this young airman that was kind of following me a little bit, and then he introduced himself and saluted, and I said, how you doing? He said, I'm doing great, sir, you know, and uh, how things going? Oh, I'm fine, you know, and then I knew something was on his mind. I said, well, you know, what, what's on your mind? And he says, well, today we're doing Falcon uh, folks, and we're doing Falcon facilities. Now, we had developed a strategic plan 
that had five different facets. You know, facilities and people were a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Once he understood what those five were, he picked two out, and he said, well, we did Falcon folks because we haven't won Airmen of the Year in three years in our squadron. So we set up a process to be able to get our people, you know, competitive. Yeah. And then Falcon facilities, you know, our rug in our, you know, uh, in our ready room is just terrible. So we went out and did car washes and did all this other stuff, and we raised money and we replaced that. Nice. I didn't tell him how to right. do that. He took I didn't direct that. He took the initiative. Once he knew that we were trying to improve our facilities, we were trying to take care of our people, then that was the example of how you feel from the bottom up. And that's something that I've lived by, you know, for the time. And that's universal. Changing times of technology and everything else and the way we communicate, that's a principle that still holds as true today as it did when exactly. you graduated from you know, the Air Force you got to stay sometimes back to the basics and, and leadership, you know, and management, understanding panel. Yeah, you can, you know, how to maybe have a leadership management, budgeting, you have a strategic plan experience, maybe things like that. But then you have to understand the environment. Now, I was a non-traditional superintendent there for, at um, right. the rural public schools. So, you know, it's funny, one time they came, guys came up to me one time, he said, well, what do we call you? You know, we call you general, <laughs> do we call you superintendent? And I said, okay, here's the deal. You call me general, I'll make you do push-ups. You call me superintendent, <laughs> I'll give you homework. If you call me John, I'll leave you alone. So <laughs> gets, uh, deal. Well, it's when my dad was in the 101st, and he always told me, you call officers by their rank, and you show them that respect until they tell you differently. So, <laughs> but pardon me if I can, I can't help myself but call you general. So, yeah, I appreciate um, that. Thank you. What What advice would you give somebody who is stepping into a new leadership position? I mean, you've done it several times in your career. So, what has worked for you well when you've when you've faced that? If you're stepping into a new role as a new CEO or a new manager or a new supervisor. Well, you know, one thing, as you move into those positions, you ought to be taking good notes. I mean, it's a silly thing to say, but learn from people. You know, learn what you don't want to do and what you do want to emulate. Uh, not everybody's going to copy somebody else. You've got to be your own person on how you handle things. But, you know, study and learn and read and do books, take courses uh, to be able to prepare yourself. I had some amazing opportunities to be able to work for some great people that I learned a lot of really good things yeah. and sometimes not so good things, right. you know, you that I didn't want to do. But, you know, you uh, set yourself up in, in realizing what is available to you, you know. That's why when we bring kids up and expose them young eagles, I didn't mm-hmm. know I, I could do this, right. you know. And, you know, it, it takes a little initiative on your part to be able to go out there and expose yourself to what if you move into a new position, I always say take 90 days to do a listening tour. I mean, you go around like an Aurora as an example, just as I also did this all with the different commands I had in the military. I would actually go to another base and, you know, visit and, and talk to people who are not going to work for me. Right. By the way, they're always willing to tell you stuff, right. you know, when they're not going to work for you. <laughs> so I said, hey, boss, don't, 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 don't forget about this. And remember, you know, ask him about this uh, process and procedure and, and don't let them don't let them fool you about this one here <laughs> and then you go back to yours but the real point is to be able to listen to people for the first right. 90 days and go around and visit and then establish yourself and they get to know you better but you get to know them which is most important and then you can start laying out the lines of what strategic planning or changes you want to make right. uh, build on what has been done don't change everything you know and uh, build on the strengths and fix the weaknesses as best you can and then move forward but involve your people and don't just do it in, in a closed environment do it bottom up not top down yeah well and I'm guessing both at Aurora 
and at this position, some of the some of the favorite things are, and I'll ask you if you've got any specific stories, but something that's got to be super exciting is when you see that light bulb go off with a young person that, you mean I could do this as a living? Yeah, and that's, uh, that's a compelling thing. It goes back to those um, you know, pathway opportunities. Right. I remember we had nothing to do with aviation. It actually had to do with health sciences. We took this kid to Andrews Medical Center you know, for a health sciences pathway, and he walks into a biomed- biological medical research facility that was just brand new for the campus. And um, there were probably you know, a dozen more kids there, and, and other kids, oh, this is really cool. This kid's eyes were just on fire. You know, He's walking around with this uh, grad student that's showing him around, and, and finally he goes up to the grad student, he says, could I, could I ever work here someday? You know, and he goes, well, this is the United States of America. You know, if you work hard <laughs> enough, you do hard. Well, seven years later, so he was a sophomore there, he graduates from college, Biomedical research. Well, there you go. One day, one event, you know, get exposed to something and just let him on. Didn't maybe do it for the other kids, but that's why it's important to know what you don't right, know right. and be able to, you know, realize the things that you could be doing if you want to. So you find that passion. You know, when I gra- I would give speeches to kids at graduation, you know, seven graduations and seven high yeah. schools shaking every yeah. kid's hand. But then I'd uh, speak and I'd always ask them, I'd say, I'm going to ask you a question if I have the honor and the privilege of meeting you someday in the future, 10 years from now. And I'm going to give you the answer to the question that I'm going to ask you. Okay, here's the question. The question is, do you have a job? Okay, and here's your answer. I, I want you to tell me no. And, of course, the parents in the audience are going, right, what? what? Right. You know when my kid have a job? He said, no, I want you to have a profession. I want you to have a profession that you are so excited about every single day that you get up. You don't even know. You know what a job is? A job is when you're looking at your watch, you can, it's 3 o'clock. I can't wait till it's 5 o'clock. going to yeah. get out of here. That's a job. That's true. When you, when you have a profession, you're doing something you're excited about, you're going to go, oh, my God, where'd the day go? Yep. You know, I, I got so much more I got to do. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between what I hope every student gets to do. And have you... Give me an example of that here with with Blue Sky or while you've been with Wings. Well, same thing. When you take a kid up in an airplane, um, first of all, most of them have been in an airplane. Right. You know, and, and if they've been in, it's usually been in an airline, the little window and uh-huh. can't see anything. And uh, you can tell by the light in their eyes, you know, if this is something that's just blowing them away. Yeah. A lot of times you see kids, oh, this is kind of cool. I really enjoy this. Yeah, great. Well, that's not probably his right. or her cup of tea. Yeah. And, but you can really see it sometimes. And um, I tell the story sometimes, even when I had that tough choice of expelling kids from school, I would always try to find something that they could relate to, whether mm-hmm. it was sports or maybe they're really into science and not in, or music or art or right. something that you could build on. Yeah. And then once you find that spark in their eyes, then you try to really build on it and yeah. make that difference. And that's what we try to provide students here in the aerospace, aviation and space kind of thing. Do you know this the student, uh, well, the person who's going to walk on Mars is alive today and probably a teenager. Wow. So, something to think about. That is something to think about. Yeah. So what is it that really keeps you excited and keeps you going in, in this position? Well, you know, um, on a personal note, uh, I grew up in the Bronx in a one-bedroom apartment. My, my father was a good guy, but he was an alcoholic, and we had a lot of challenges like that. And that, Does that mean you're a Yankees guy? Yeah, I'm a Yankees guy. Uh, okay. I'm six blocks away from Yankee Stadium. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. That's so good. Yeah. So... Um, and I was, uh, you know, a little bit more so angry, you know, and I took it out sometimes, uh, you know, not to go into details, but my father got arrested one time and 
being a cop in the front page of the yeah. New York Post. And, you know, kids can be cruel sometimes. Sure. And uh, I got into a lot of fights. And I had this one teacher that really turned me around. You know, he turned that energy that was negative into positive and said, if you you want to go down that road, go ahead. But, you know, you're going to mount to nothing here. Change this thing and turn it around. I owed that person a lot. And then helped me you know, maybe give back a little bit now and particularly out of the military and, and what I've been able to do with mm-hmm. kids today. So that's kind of those things. Everybody's got their own personal story. Right. But build on it, build on the strengths, yeah. take advantage of it, learn from it and move on. Well, I'd be remiss again, the aviation dork in me, if I didn't ask, what was your favorite aircraft that you've flown? <laughs> well, you know, the good news, I just counted them up the other day. Uh, somebody asked me that. Said, How many airplanes have you flown? I think it's 66. You 66. Know? The different kinds of airplane. Now, right. it, was I fully qualified in all those? No. I mean, but the F-4 was my first airplane that I got to fly. Uh, but I also was a glider pilot at the Air Force Academy. By the way, um, you might be interested in this. Uh, I tell people I fly gliders, and the glider that we have downstairs, you know, yellow one hanging right. on, was actually one that I flew as an Air no Force kidding. Academy cadet. Uh, but I tell them that story not because of me, but because of one of my classmates that everybody recognizes right away. Sully Sullenberger was oh, my classmate. Geez, no kidding. And he was a soaring instructor. There was only 12 of us in my class. He was one, and go figure he landed a glider yeah, in the Hudson. No yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but I think I have to tell you that the F-4 will always hold a special place in my heart because that's your young lieutenant flying an amazing airplane and then I got to fly the F-16 I mean much better power much better capabilities things like that but I'll always have a special place in my heart for the F-4 Phantom well the the old joke I heard about the Phantom was it was proof that if you put a strong enough engine on anything you could make it fly (laughs) big ugly you know we call it a lot of things (laughs) you know and uh, but uh, it was you know when you're when you're uh, 23 years old, I think I was, you're sitting oh uh, Zulu alert where the horn goes off from a dead sleep five minutes, you're airborne in five minutes, and you're supersonic in seven. Wow. At two o'clock in the morning sometimes. You know, that that was a kick, and uh, it was an important time. So so I, I always like to end these. I call them the Fab Four. The first one is, what's something that you will listen to, read, or watch today? Read or watch today. Well, I'm 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 an avid reader, and uh, you know I just read the book on Bud Anderson, who was a Triple Ace in World War II, and I got to see him at Oshkosh just last oh, week. Oh, really? He's a hundred years old. How about that? And uh, his story is amazing, and what he was able to what do. Did he fly? He flew P-51s, yeah, and uh, P-38s, and he was a test pilot and all sorts of things. And uh, well-known uh, among us who I know about the Air Force fighter history, anyway, kind of deal. So I would, uh, you know, I'd, I'd encourage people to read as much as they possibly can, and, and particularly I am big on biographies, you know, because you learn what people have done well and what right. they haven't done well. That's true. In fact, getting ready for the 25th, uh, 75th anniversary of the Air Force, I just, in fact, the book's right over there, Hap Arnold. Uh, he's called the father of the United yep. States Air Force, the only five-star that we've ever had. And um, and what he did during World War II was amazing. But he had a lot of ups and downs all the way through. So, you know, part of it is yeah, actually when I used to hire people, I would look for people that kind of took a dip. You know, maybe some didn't go exactly right they yeah. wanted. And whether they climbed out of that or not. Right. Or they went into a pity pot, you know. Right. Um, and if they climbed out of it, they got stronger and, and maybe, made, maybe got in trouble a little bit more and, you know, got stronger and stronger and and knew how to relate to other people. So that's one. So if there's a person that you could point to that really is an inspiration for you and the work that you do, is there, is there somebody in particular you would point to? 
Well, you know, I I go back to that teacher in high school sure. that made the difference in my life. You know, uh, you know, he kind of really shifted my thinking around and redirected that energy. I had a lot of energy, but it wasn't going in the right direction. And he point helped me point it in the right direction. So I give that credit to him. That's awesome. And then, is there an organization outside of Wings that's doing great work that you really admire? Well, there's a lot of museums that are doing tremendous work. I mean, the National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., of course, they're rebuilding that uh, building that they had on the mall, right? No kidding. By the can. It building needs to be redone. It's but then the they got a visited museum oh, in yeah, the world, yeah, right? Or something like that. And it's been closed for a couple of years now, and it's just opening here this fall part of it. But Uberazi is a second facility. So they, they're one organization, two locations. Yeah. But they don't do flying operations like we do right. at Uberazi out at Dulles Airport. Uh, you know, Seattle uh, Airport, I mean, Museum is just an amazing place. Uh, San Diego, you know, even down here in Colorado Springs, the World War II Museum right. that Bill Clares runs uh, is absolutely amazing. That, that guy can pick a piece of bent metal out of a jungle from World War II and turn it into an airplane. I just wow. wish I had his skills. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, those kinds of people that you meet in life, particularly in this business, in the aviation and museum business, that uh, I just admire tremendously. Well, and I know there's plenty of opportunities to volunteer, and you always need donors and supporters. If somebody wants to learn more about the organization, how do they find you? Well, just go to our website as a start, and then come by, you know, visit us, you know. Uh, that's the way I'm, you know, I had a young kid who came by, and he applied for one of those scholarships, didn't mm-hmm. get it. But he came up to me and said, what do we need to do? I said, well, fly Young Eagles, take your course, that free online course, take the test, pass the test, bingo, next next time you got the scholarship, you oh, know, $10,000. That's great. And now he's at Metro State, he's an story. acrobatic pilot, you know, kind of stuff. He's doing wow. great. He's got his instrument rating. So he, a lot of it is just coming and asking yep. and, 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 and finding out what it is that you're interested in. We've got a lot of people that are really excited about sharing what they know to be able to see what piques your interest. Yeah. So, um, um, it's that energy because a lot of people in my life well, how'd you know about that program how'd you know how to do that how'd you know yeah. I just started asking questions you know and that's a good way to, to find out what your passions are too and, and that opportunity so come on by awesome General thank you so very much for taking time for me today okay thank you thanks for the opportunity to speak to your audience thanks for listening this podcast has been brought to you by JC Charity and Event Services If you're interested in how I might be able to bolster your efforts and help your team achieve its goals, I'd love to have a conversation with you. You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. To learn more about Wings Over the Rockies, check the show notes or visit www.wingsmuseum.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you would subscribe and leave us a review. Until next time, I hope you are inspired to find a way to make our world better. (music) 